what is what is wisdom it's tricky i have a cheat when i want to define something difficult like wisdom i often think of a person or a character out loud or in my mind that like exemplifies what i'm trying to define and then the attributes that follow help me are readily available for me to define it. So for example, if I were to think of somebody that's happy and I would picture that person in my mind and I would say, hmm, joyful, cheerful, exudes good energy and vibes. If I was thinking of someone that was like loving, I would think someone who's kind, generous, self-sacrificing. So you see like those definitions just came because I thought of somebody that kind of like exuded those things, like either a person or a biblical character. So if I were to think of someone who's like wise, for example, like a Bible character, top three, obviously Solomon, because he's like the go-to story for wisdom, maybe wisdom gone wrong. Jesus, of course. Third one's difficult. Maybe Daniel? Yeah, I would think Daniel. I'm ashamed to say that Job. Job is not in my top three, probably not even my top five of the people that I would use to reference wisdom. And it wasn't until I met with my comrades or my companions and we mulled over and prayed over this that I realized that Job and the story of Job and our current context has a lot to say about wisdom. And the reason why I felt ashamed is that we can all relate to Job. I mean, we would all love to be related to Solomon in that point zero 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 one percent of like wealth and where even countries are coming to you for advice. And although we are called to be like Jesus, you know, we're not out here saving the world. And Daniel, we can't all be in like high parliament positions. But Job, Job is our story. He is us, we are him, we can all relate. And if you don't know, the story of Job. I'll give you like the spark note edition or like the April, you know, cut, cut edition, which is Job is a wonderful person, good, kind, generous, loves his family and prays for his family, has a large family, has a lot of wealth and influence. And then he loses it. Each thing, each thing that's important and special to him by catastrophes one by one, right? And we find Job completely decimated spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And, and he's asking all of these questions like, why am I even alive? What is the point of all of this? And in the end, though, he says something which helped me define wisdom, and it's found in Job chapter 42, verse 5. And Job is speaking here at the very end. He says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. So in Job's understanding, wisdom, or at least the way I think, wisdom is 
God and wisdom is seeing God. So if I were to put that into three words, I would call that experience, knowledge, and insight. That's wisdom. But after I arrived at that, I felt like it wasn't finished. Because my whole life, the story of Job and being like Job was told differently. There is a false wisdom. There is a trap wisdom. It parades itself as wisdom. It shows itself like it is wisdom, but it's not. And to me, the story of Job was more about the false wisdom than true wisdom, which is just experience, knowledge, and insight. By the way, the words I came up with were quite like on Google pages, and I felt really proud. Like after I thought of Job's story, I was like, wow, it's actually on Google. Like this works, this method. But this false wisdom is certainty. See, certainty looks like wisdom, but it is not wisdom. It is false wisdom. You see, when we read the story of Job, we experience something totally different. We see a conversation behind the scenes. We see God and Satan, and Satan is arguing with God, and God is arguing back with Satan, and Satan says to God, Job is only following you because he has all of these amazing things, and his life is perfect. But if you were to take all of these things, he's going to change sides like that. And we see that Satan is allowed to take things away. And Job is left questioning his life. And so we, when we tell the story of Job, at least how I've always heard it growing up, is kind of twofold. First, it's like, you see, this is the story. Because in the end, Job gets double the possessions. He gets his kids back. Not back, but he gets his kids. And he, he, we, we, we feel this sense of like, okay, so now his story is complete and he gets all of these good things back. And that's what it's portrayed as. But in the same sense, we see this certainty objective, which is like, we know the background story. And so now we can sticker a reason to every bad thing that happens in our life. And you've been in that position. I've been in that position, or we've been the person being that. And it's a trap. Because the story of Job and the story of our lives isn't wisdom is certainty. It is wisdom is not really knowing, but knowing a person. You've been there when you are going through a really tough time and someone's like, this is the result of sin. Or if you had just eaten healthier, this wouldn't have happened to you. Or God is punishing the wicked. All the comments left on your page or anything that you've ever posted. We can all relate to Job 
unexpected, unexpected events in our lives like cancer, loss of job, depression, anxiety, depression, pray it away. You don't believe in God enough and that's why you have anxiety. The way we have viewed the story of Job and our lives is from the perspective of the reader that this is the reason why things are happening. But I'll tell you, wisdom is not uncertainty because the person living the life, Job himself, he didn't have access to that information. Do you realize that Job never knew the conversations going on behind the scenes? The person living in the cancer, the person living in depression, they don't have access to information. And when Job cried out to the only person that could provide him answers, when he cried out to God, God didn't tell him what was going on behind the scenes. He didn't tell him, oh, Job, I forgot to tell you. There's a conversation happening between me and, and me and Satan, and all of these things were discussed, and this is why you're going through all of these things. None of that stuff was shared. Only the reader gets to see it. And we leave the story feeling like that's the point. The point is that we leave with this insight and this knowledge, this certainty that every bad thing can be explained away and every bad thing we can share with other people that in the end, you're going to get it all back. But while you're living in the moment and while you're in the frustration, that is not what you need. How do I know that? Because the story of Job is not about certainty. His wife, on the atheistic certainty point, was like, curse God and die. All of this is meaningless. Why are you suffering for someone who doesn't care about you? And his friends, his good friends who came, they were pretty certain about why he was suffering. You're suffering because of this. If you were just better, you wouldn't have suffered. None of these things would have happened. And we find that the answer was not in knowing the answer, but in knowing God. Job never had the answer at the end. So what does that mean for wisdom? What is the challenge that we face for wisdom? Well, first, it's living within the story. That's our lives. And don't be ashamed of the questions that you have to ask. Don't let anybody tell you. You shouldn't be asking those questions. You already know all the answers to that. And know that you will not have all the answers. You might have some. But the answers are not promised to you. And be ready and patient for when God shows up and says, all you need to know is that I am God and that you are not and that I have you. All you need to know is that I'm with you in the sacred waiting space of whatever you're going through. And you're not gonna know everything. We all know Solomon's story. He was young and he didn't know anything. 
And then suddenly he's put into such a powerful position. And when he didn't know anything and he asked for wisdom, he was pretty wise. But the moment he started using knowledge as certainty, the moment the knowledge became more important than the person who gives it, his decisions were not wise anymore, even though he had all the wisdom. I love the way that N.T. Wright speaks about Jesus's gift to us in being wise, yet not really knowing anything. He says, Jesus stands dangerously between the threshold of heaven and earth, holding it together. And Jesus asks us, his followers, to do the same. Of course, we can have our hope in what Jesus is offering us in the future of getting things back. But at the same time, we live in our story and know that some things are not gonna be replaced. But Jesus is with us, standing in the gap, and calls us to wisely, unknowingly, stand in the gap as well.